Well, it's funny that you should say that because I really felt that was a kind of a question answer feel to me. Like somebody's asking a question, somebody's responding, they're following up with a question and then another answer. Uh, so it's yeah. really interesting that uh, that I kind of honed in on the, on what you guys were going for there. Um, yeah, let's see if I picked the right spot. <laughs> sure. Well, also, also the thing about this tune is that the whole thing builds up to that because for me, Rush Hour is that like, you're 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 late for work <laughs> you right. know and you're like stuck in traffic and then like blah 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 and then there's there's two parts of the song there's that first part where it's like you know a lot of notes and you're like ah, oh, you're frantic and stuff and then there's that second half of the tune which is like you're just kind of like whew, you arrive you take you can try to chill out and have your coffee you you're, you know take a take a breather mm-hmm. you know and actually if you notice um for the our special listeners out there uh, music nerds, it does slow down a little bit. Mm. It, the second half is a little slower, so it's it feels more subtle. And that was actually Clarence. Um, uh, that was part of Clarence's direction too. So he said, "Luis, just slow it down a little bit. Take a breath, and then slow it down just a hair, and then everything settles in." So maybe maybe um, I don't know. Maybe do like the end of it into the transition. I don't know if that uh, that would work. That's maybe interesting. Like, maybe like three three minutes in or something. Okay. Let's move over to that here. While I'm uh, finding the spot, I, I got to ask you, this just kind of occurred to me. So when you're on tour, let's say you're on tour at Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and you're in, yeah. I don't know, Toronto, Canada, because I know you guys oh. spent a lot of time up there. Yeah, we did. <laughs> you, don't, you don't drive on the tour, right? You guys are on a bus. So how do you get around when you go? Because you're, I mean, you're only performing for a couple hours. You got sound check and all that. How do you get around to explore the cities during the day? Oh, you walk, lift, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the tour is always, you know, the show comes first for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do too much, then I can't do the show. Um, but that being said, I mean, I, I'm I'm a walker. I'm you know, being in New York, that's what we do. We walk everywhere. Sure, yeah. So like, as long as I'm I'm for me at least personally, as long as I feel like I'm I'm going to be in a safe neighborhood then then I'm cool to walk. You know, for me it's it's a little bit more nerve-wracking when you go to somewhere like Detroit or Baltimore. You know, you don't know, you make the wrong turn, you might be in like, you know, have to run for your life. Sure. You know, that's a little bit more daunting and then then it's like, well, let's take a lift cuz we're not sure. Yeah. You know, Cleveland can be a little bit like that, you know, um at least back in the day when the, you know, it's it's getting better now gotten better since i first went there but when i first went there a lot of buildings were boarded up and, you know i don't know what i don't know what's going to happen post um, post covid post the pandemic but you know i don't know how other cities are i know new york's kind of coming back but i don't know how's vegas uh it's it's starting they're uh they're bringing back a new cirque du soleil show every month now so, uh, you know, everybody's starting to get back to work, which is really nice. I don't know what the theater capacity is going to be, you know, how many tickets they're going to be allowed to sell, how close they can put people together. But hotel capacity, like the casino floors, are back mm. to 100 percent, which wow. is interesting. Okay. I, I think the telltale thing for Vegas is going to be when international travel opens up. Right. Well, that's 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 the same thing. That's the way I feel about Broadway, too. Mm-hmm. Here, like. You know, because I know that COVID's pretty bad in a lot of other countries. So everyone's like, you know, everyone's all excited about, you know, September, September. But like, you know, you have you need like you need people from Japan, you need people from Europe, 
Word. you know, if they're rat, if they're hurt by COVID, you know, we need to, you know, not that you, you got to do the show, but you know, the whole thing about a show is if it doesn't make a certain amount of money, then it's going to close. So, right. Yeah. You know, you can only, you can only do so much is what I'm trying to say. It's, yeah. It's, I, I think though, it's, it's going to be a matter of people are starving for live entertainment so much that you could probably do a month in a city and sell out just about every night because you're going to have people that are just craving something to go to, whether they would necessarily be the, the target audience for you would be a a question. Like, are they just going out because they can get out and have something to do or do they really want to see the show? Um, But I think it's, it's just going to be interesting to see like with, with what's going on in India right now, where they're having a huge surge in COVID, Um, you know, obviously they're kind of quarantined off from the rest of the world right now, but you know, what about the people that seem fine where they are? And then they come over here or we go over there and the, the different uh, toxins and things start integrating and, you know, create something new, who knows? It's going to be a wild next, uh, I would say at least the next 12 months are still going to be pretty questionable. And it, oh, at sure. some point well, we've I, got I, to integrate whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Oh, sure. And it's sort of, I mean, it's sort of after 9-11, people weren't it's really gung, gung-ho to go flying on a plane. It took a couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's what it is. It's, it's you, you can't expect things, boom. You know, but I think people, yes, but even with people being star for entertainment, there has to be a little bit of precaution. Sure. You know? I, I think the, go ahead. Because even if you have the vaccine, it's not a, it's not a bulletproof vest. It doesn't mean you're not going to get sick. I mean, as a person who's going to, you know, a person who would be on tour, my one fear is that like, you know, now they're talking about people um, faking the, the vaccine tests oh. so they can travel. Yeah, there was some. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how legitimate it is, but mm. someone had mentioned that people are doing that now. And as someone that's, you know, if you get sick on tour, you know, God forbid you get COVID, because some yo-yos on the plane, you know, giving COVID to everybody, um, you know, and you get a a a, a thing of it. I don't know how. I mean, yeah, yeah. In the past. If you got sick, you got you, you. You can if you have the flu, you can still kind of do the show. It's it's not great because because the thing is, once one person gets sick, everybody gets sick. Yeah, in the theater. everybody, no matter it's just a matter of time. It's like it always upset. It, it's funny because I'm always the person who's like the most upset. I'm like, why do they? Why can't they just stay home? <laughs> you know, yeah. Figure something out. Um, it, but it's and it's only because I know that inevitably I'm going to get it too, and then I'm going to be suffering through a show right. you know well, and, and for me i never get sick on like the monday i always get sick on like the saturday and i gotta do <laughs> two shows saturday two shows sunday right yeah mm. you know so it's it's a little bit of that but you know because the thing is on tour you, you there's no subs right. as, as of right now they might have, they might have to figure that out mm. as far as like hey man if we get covid we got to bring someone down from new york or someone that knows the show or you know because you can't just have like you know, if I'm in Vegas, I, I mean, I, I could call you to come play the show, but you're not going to know what you're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like it takes, it takes time to learn a show. You gotta no, I'll some... be fine. Yeah. <laughs> just, right. just give me the sticks or mallets or whatever I'm using and I'll be fine. Um, no, you're absolutely sure. right though. And and I think that would be it. I think it would be the, your backups would just have to be like, I'm, I can be ready to go. I can be there in four hours. Just get me on a flight and you know, right. that sort of thing. 
Like um, a show like Wicked, you have that advantage because there's enough drummers that have done the show. Yeah. That, you know, you know, God forbid um, the shows on the West Coast, you know, there's all the drummers in L.A. that have done it in L.A. and San Francisco. They've all right. played the show. So you can call them, you know, because the show has been open for over 10 years sure. on tour for 10 years. But like a brand new show, I don't I don't even know. Like if someone had to play Charlie and Chocolate Factory, there's only a handful of guys that have subbed and played the show. That's what I was thinking was, you know, so I'm wondering, too, though, if they wouldn't start taping shows that are are just getting off on tour just to have that copy of it, that they could send somebody, you know, to, to well, learn do, it on, on that moment. That kind of stuff. They do have that kind of stuff. OK. For learning purposes, you're allowed right. to do that for learning purposes, but you're not allowed to, like, post them. You know, some people are posting it on Instagram. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, I mean, you know, more power to you, but like. No, for me, that's I wouldn't do that because it's copyrighted material, you know. Yeah, I, I've I've worked on some stuff that that I don't own, and so I'm like, well, unless you tell me, I can post it. And some of the stuff they're like expressly like, you do not have the right to post this, and I just don't. I'm very much a stickler for for copyright regulations when it comes to that. Um, well, let's listen to a little bit of Rush Hour because I really want to get into this part. Uh, but I will say my my favorite meme through all this COVID thing so far, and I think it just kind of sums up where people are at on it is they'll they'll be in line to get their boarding pass right mm. and they're all they're all on their dot that are six feet apart from each other but then they're all going to be squished together on the plane right the same people i'm like well what's the point of the dot <laughs> right. you it's, know they're all sitting yeah they, they don't do the socially <laughs> on the plane so yeah you, i mean you couldn't afford it you know, it would be the same here. I mean, what do you can do? Yeah. So it, it like that's the kind of stuff that really cracks me up about the whole process. And I have to wonder how that kind of mentality will translate to the theater. Like I can see the ticket line having the dots and then yeah. you're all sitting next to each other in the theater. And I'm like, well, what was the you know, what's the point of the dots? And you're just making a longer line. Right. Well, the, the whole thing is that they have to figure out if it's going to be I mean, they have to they have to at least try it. though. Oh, sure. Yeah. They have to try it because if not. You know, they have to see if it's going to actually be a super spreader event. I mean, the fact that they did the Super Bowl with all those people in Florida, you know, and it didn't become super, super spreader was kind of amazing. Right. I mean, I thought it was like, oh, here we go again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, but it, you know, maybe because it was outside, it was fine. I don't know. Yeah. But you got to you got to at least try it and see what happens. Otherwise, you know, at least now with so many more people being vaccinated, at least there's a we have a fighting chance. You know, when it happened last March, nobody knew what was up. And so like ushers were getting sick and mm. people started dying. And, you know, it was like, oh, gosh, what do we do? You know, but but now it's like, you know, we have to at least test the waters. I I, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, at some point, you've just got to say, OK, we've done we've done enough containing. It's not really going to get any better if we keep doing this. So let's open it up and see what happens. If As long as they do like a soft open, like Cirque du Soleil isn't bringing all their shows back at once. They're like, all right, we're going to start with this one. Then this one. What's that? Are they back? I thought they filed for bankruptcy or something. Well, I, I don't know how they're still going because apparently they were like right on the edge of not, but somehow they've survived all this. They're I still around. Yeah. I, I know the owner, <laughs> the original owner was looking at uh, making a pitch to buy them back. From okay. the corporation. So I don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, but they've announced the Blue Man Group is coming back and then they're going to bring back Mister and O. And, oh, good. Uh, so I'm really oh. excited about that because I've got friends in all those shows and then eventually like Ka and Michael Jackson will follow. But the oh, question is, what's that? 
That's good for Angela and Alex because they oh. both report. Well, yeah, but they were over at LaRev, which is permanently closed. Oh, LaRev. Oh, yeah, LaRev is not coming Wait. back. Well, it Angela is. subbed at some of those shows before. Right, right. That's what it was. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's going to be really interesting if they just take, all right, we're going to start with the Blue Man Group. And that's a small theater. So that's going to be people being fairly close together. Let's see what happens if everything goes well and we don't see any spikes. Then we can open Mystere or O or whichever one is next and kind of just stagger it. But I would say instead of saying, all right, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Let's mm-hmm. just step back a little bit, do one show. Okay, now things look good. Now we can start opening other shows. Uh, because sure. my fear is that it's not going to go well and they're going to do it anyway. Yeah, you can't control that, though. No. People are going to do what they got to do. Exactly. Well, here is a little bit of uh, my favorite song on the album called Rush oh. Hour. the subtle vocals on that too that adds just such a nice little layer of presence on that yeah well it's actually um and that is actually vocals uh and roads hmm. yeah they did a couple they did like a couple different um overdubs of it it was funny because i was in the room and and uh you know every time i'd be like in the headphones like this mm-hmm <laughs> as they were doing it and like and actually what's funny is my favorite part of the record actually got cut oh wow yeah it's actually right after this part fades out mm-hmm. there was this part where donnie starts playing high high notes on like the on one and three and i was crashing on like the, the like those ozone symbols on one and three and it was like one of those like esp moments mm. but it just would have made the song so long because yeah. we played we played that like vamp for like another um, three or four minutes mm-hmm and it really, and then eventually we did our own little fade out. Right. But, yeah. um, oh, wow. Uh, was, I, I wouldn't mind hearing that. I'll say, I'll send it to you. Sweet. I'll send it to you. I'll um, send it to you. Now, what, now you're playing with mostly brushes on this album, or do you kind of switch back between brushes and sticks? I used, uh, no, I use, I use brushes only a couple tunes. Oh, mostly okay. sticks. Yeah. I used, um, Brushes on number four, the Fugue and Five, mm-hmm. uh, Fugue for Thought. Um, and then I use brushes on the the beginning of Park Terrace Waltz. Okay. Um, so, but then I go right to sticks as soon as the solos start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, I guess I do. And then I use brushes on... <laughs> 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 but I, actually, and actually, 
but like the vocal tune, I'm using sticks, uh, a rattan and a mallet. Mm. For the begin, like uh, rattan and then like a like a you know like a timpani mallet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sort of to have like the, and actually the number three is the same. At, at first, I started. We did a take on, uh, quor- the quarantine song on number three, and initially I was using like the brooms, but we couldn't get any definition out of the cymbal. Oh yeah. So I just sounds like. <laughs> well, can't imagine really, where you got the inspiration for that song well yeah that well that was actually that was the thing is is the uh initially before everything happened um i had all the songs written out that i was going to do and then um we even had a, a session the studios was booked for like june 6th um and then, uh, you know, with the pandemic, you know, once we got to May, it was like, is this still happening or not happening? Right. You know, yeah. then we pushed it back. To, <laughs> then we pushed it back to November. And it, like in one sense, I was like, oh, OK. But on the other sense, it was great because it gave me an extra like three months to write. And also when we were going to do it in June, we had a different saxophone player. Um, we didn't have Donnie available. Donnie was Donnie was like available like the day before, <laughs> the day after, but not the day of. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Situations. So like when the pandemic happened, um, you know, we we rescheduled uh, and, and at a different at a different studio. So we did it at this place called the Bunker Studio in Williamsburg, mm-hmm. which some some argue have probably the best drum sound in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where. Uh, the reason why we we moved it, we went to this, we were going to this other place called the Bridge, but Clarence had just done a, a session at the at the bunker, so he knew that they'd be cool about you know doing COVID protocols and all these different things. Or yeah, um, so so we just went there instead, and we did it on November first uh, on a Sunday, and uh, Donnie was actually available to do it, so like we we started. Um, we kind of restarted uh, the process like in end of August just to see if anyone's around, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, you know, last by the, by the end of the summer, things were kind of getting normal again mm-hmm. or feeling they weren't normal, but they were feeling like optimistic, like, you know, you can go outside and meet people for coffee and you wouldn't feel like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? You know, like, right. you know, like for me, it was it was very much like uh baby steps like uh mm-hmm. april i didn't do anything may i would go out in my neighborhood and do stuff in the park june i started taking the subway you know july i started going to the practice space in queens august i started actually going in venturing to the other boroughs and meeting people and friends and just kind of trying to catch up and feel like normal you know and then that happened till about right after the record uh that's when the things started spiking again Mm-hmm. Uh, the COVID cases in New York City started spiking at like end of October, early November, mm-hmm. and then it was like, okay, I'm going to shut down again, you know, kind of. But I was lucky because I was able to get my my record done because of because everyone was available. Right. Yeah. I mean, there there are definitely some good things that have come out of this horrible situation, and people being able to work on projects of their own that they hadn't been able to get to because they were too busy or on tour and sure. not, you know. 
so some good things have come out of it. I, I've been impressed at how many people have found ways to do things in spite of, of this, like a lot of entertainers like uh, Alison Arngram. Uh, she's instead of doing her uh, her show, she does a podcast. She's doing it out of her home. And then she found another place called Stage It, where she was actually able to sell tickets, do performances still out of her own home. And right. perform for people where she's used to going all over the world and performing as a as a comedian and you know as Nellie Olson. So it's it's really amazed me the innovation and, and the fact that people have said, you know what, we this sucks, but we've got technology. We have the ability to do things. Let's get creative and do something instead of just sitting there going, Well, we're screwed until this is over. Well, sure. I mean that's that's uh you know, it's very much Shawshank Redemption. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. get busy living, get busy dying, right? Um <laughs> I mean, I know for my for myself. See, I was supposed to go do this uh, Bat in a Hell tour, mm. and like, like when everything shut down, like March thirteenth or whatever, we got the call like March fifteenth, saying, "Oh, uh, we're going to cancel cancel the tour mm. or postpone it." But they never actually called us back, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and and which is fine, you know. That's happened, you know. Nobody knows like when this when this is officially going to be over. Over, you know. Mm. Um, but so like, you know, I had like my weekend of like, uh, you know, kind of being sad and lost, you know, lost my gig and, you know, making some money and stuff like that. And then like, I don't know, like on the Tuesday or Wednesday of the next week, you know, I so I had like my, you know, three days of pity party. And then like that, that Tuesday or Wednesday, I was just like, all right, well, this is the new normal for now. We're going to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, okay, I can kind of go back and practice little technical things that I wanted to work on that that were, you know, I hadn't been able to have time to work on because, you know, normally when, when you're a musician, you're you're working on other people's music, right. you know, you're working on, you know, oh, I got to learn this cabaret for, you know, and it's like for like a one time, one time thing, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's nice that I get to most of the time when I've learned music, it's for like a year, <laughs> I, you know, yeah. you know, so I've been very fortunate in that regard, but you know, most of the music, you know, when you're freelance, you learn it for like, you know, a gig or two, but meanwhile, you, while you're doing that gig or two, you got to learn for the next thing, yeah. you know? And so you're constantly doing all these things. And if and in New York city, you have to share like rehearsal spaces as a drummer. So you only get like three hours a day. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, those three hours go quick. You know, by the time you get in the room and you get warmed up and, and before you know it, a half hour is gone and let's say you have to run a show. Well, that's another two and a half hours and that's your three hours. Right. You know, yeah. You know, or to me, it goes really almost too fast. I wish I could have more time. Sure. So that's the advantage of having a house in a basement, you know, when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, same here. I mean, growing up in Michigan, see, we don't have basements here in, in Nevada, but uh, in, in Michigan. Yeah. I certainly had my drum kit down there and I had, uh, you know, a little bit of soundproofing when we moved to Colorado, I actually got like an entire room full of foam and I glued it to the ceiling. I put carpet on the floor, all the walls. It was so dead in that room that you kind of felt like you were either in a sanitarium or in space or something like that, because you would walk into every bit of every square inch being covered in foam Sure. That it just it just felt weird. It took me a long time to get used to how bad it was. But I didn't know any better. I didn't know about, you know, baffling and and that you don't have to cover every square inch. It's about where you put the soundproofing and all that. 
Uh, I just like, I got a bunch of foam. I hot glued it to everything and okay, the band can come over, (laughs) you know, let's go. Acoustic treatments. Yeah. I mean, back then it was just, Hey, I got foam. That's what you're supposed to have. So. Right. We want to make it as bad as possible. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure what, what ended up with more of the hot glue though, if it was my arms or the ceiling or, or, you know, anything else. Uh, Good times. But do you, do you have like a practice pad kit or something that you, you could play in the house? Yeah. I have it right here. Oh, perfect. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I got one of those ones that straps to your thigh so I could just walk around and hit it all day long. And then I realized I just didn't have time to get up. <laughs> so it did yeah, me I mean, no good. I mean, for me, it's too close to the knee. That's the problem with the leg. Yeah. I might as well play my leg if I'm going to do that. <laughs> well, for me, but for me also, it's, it's, you know, it's like the stuff that I was working, trying to work on was just getting like doubles cleaner, mm. rebound, get, you know, work on all that kind of stuff. Uh, just go back and work on rudiments and actually what was cool there were a lot of a lot of like a lot of cool stuff on like instagram and stuff like drumio and all these things they were they would like give you like little exercises to like work on they would oh why don't you try this exercise if you're bored you know and it's like you know and and tommy igo would do his like lifetime for hands warm up and you know hands for a lifetime i should say um and um you know, all these little things that you could like, if you really wanted to shed, you could do all this stuff, you know, really get good. This whole thing was like, eventually this is going to end. Do you want to be like someone who like excelled or someone who kind of let the time go by, you know? So, you know, I mean, for me, I should have practiced more. You know, I I went through phases where I'd like, and then it'd be like up and down. But I, I also did a lot of, I accomplished. A, I feel like I accomplished a lot, though. Like I got a YouTube channel going where I wrote a lot of music. I, mm. you know, um, and actually because of my writing, uh, a couple of weeks ago, someone asked me to write like a hymn for a church. You know, I was like, oh, I've seen your writing. Can you want to write a hymn for a church? We'll commission you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I love those random gigs that come up because they challenge you as a as a musician, as a, whether it be as a writer or as a performer. But they're also just things that, like, I would have never written a hymn in my life. No. And, had, and they, had I not had a reason to do it, you know. And she basically was like, yeah, we want to use this psalm because, you know, we don't, we're not worried about the words being copywritten. We can use the psalm. You want to put words to it? And I was like, yeah, sure. This, this would be great. I, I, I don't have anything going on in my life right now other than, you know, a couple of people want me to mail them a record out, you know, like, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. It. Yeah. This you know. is definitely the time to to take advantage and, you know, create opportunities or find different things that eventually those could become part of your normal life, whereas they wouldn't have ever if you didn't have a reason to stop and have to reevaluate what you could do. Sure. Well, I think the people that are going to be the most successful are the people that made the some kind of adaptation or, a, a, or adapted to the situation. Right. And, you know, found a way to like either make money or find a way for themselves to be happy. And then when things come back, they'll have something in addition to what they already have been doing before. Exactly. Yeah, you know? for sure. Well, I want to play, I want to play something else from the album. What do you think we should play next? Oh, what kind of mood are you in? <laughs> Dude, I'm in a happy mood, man. We're hanging out. We're talking about music. It, it couldn't get better for me. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe track 10. 
that's like a few. It's like one of the fugues. Yeah. All right. About how far in do you think? Start from the beginning. All right. Well, and here I should with... I should announce it's. Uh, well, you're going to have to pronounce it because I think I would butcher it. Fugarella. Oh, I was right then. Yeah. Oh, sweet. What do I win? Uh, Is there a prize involved? Ah, yes. I'll take round, it. Round of applause. <laughs> Literally. Nice. There you go. <laughs> Like my hands. Yeah. feels so classical that that piano playing you know sure. that's a, that's what i was kind of going for mm. um i was going for see i you know i'm not good at writing like bebop heads so i was like what can i do that's different that you know you never really hear on a jazz record and i was like why don't we try writing a fugue mm. <laughs> you know yeah. you know and so it 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 definitely, I mean, that's part of the tales of time, right? Is that it's not just that it's in different time signatures and stories, but it's also time eras, mm-hmm. you know, time periods. Like that's more of like a, maybe a Baroque vibe than um, something that's more modern, like, like number, like misinformation. I think it's the track number eight. Mm-hmm. You know, that's more of like a, that's more like ode to Radiohead, you know? <laughs> Well, but but it feels it feels classical with the piano. Well, it feels sure. almost a little ethnic with with the drums starting in. Then it feels a little bit bachish with the piano. But then when the brass comes in or the horns come in, you feel more like a New Orleans kind of vibe. Really, I do. Yeah, maybe it's just it, the sound of it or or the way it's playing. But it, it kind of gives me that walking down the street, just trying to find the next pub I want to go to, because that's what you do, you know, when you're in New Orleans. But uh, yeah, it really changes the feel a little bit, but it's it's interesting the way that it blends so well with the piano, but yet they feel to me like they're from two very different time periods. Interesting. I thought very much it's Baroque, but what I'm doing is I'm stating the melody at the top with the drums. Mm-hmm. If you listen to the what the drums... Boom, 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 right. It's, it's just m- melody. And then when the piano comes in with their thing, I'm, I'm sort of doing... You know, I'm doing a question and answer thing like you were talking about in the first thing. A lot of it is that I'm going for is that question and answer sort of um, thing. And it doesn't have to be like, "Ah!" it could be like just a cymbal hit. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be like a lot. You just like, because you don't always say, what is it? You know, when you're talking, somebody go right on. <laughs> well, that's how I talk, but yeah, um, it, it is interesting because I do feel that the album overall is very conversational. If I had to to describe the album in one word, and thank God no one actually makes me do that, uh, I would say conversational would be a, a word that would come to mind. At least it might not be the definitive word I would use, but I feel it's it's very true because it's a very 
it's not like a bunch of musicians playing together as much as it is a bunch of musicians paying attention to what each other's doing. Sure. Yeah, we're all listening to each other. That's that's a big part of it. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to survive in this music if you weren't doing that. <laughs> no, you that's know. true. Yeah, you can't really phone it in. I mean, I guess you could, but 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 you know, it would be tough to phone it. In. But th- that's why these guys are amazing. You know, they they know how to like how to add their two cents and do their thing, mm-hmm. but still give you room so you can shine. And 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 you know, I mean, granted, you know, like if if I wasn't pulling my weight, you would, you would hear that too on the record, but, but, but they still give you opportunity to, for space so you can kind of fill in or whatever. And what was cool is like, what was cool for me was that like, you know, we were at lunch and like, you know, it was November 1st. So keep in mind the, the elections happening in like two days. Right. Yeah. Not, so not a tense time at all in, in our country. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> So like we were at lunch and like we we yeah, were eating Thai food and like, um, you know they're kind of you know everyone's kind of having discussion at the about the election and everything and I'm like it's just like soaking it all in like hanging out with my heroes, <laughs> right yeah right right and then like at some point, at some point Donnie Donnie McCaslin the the saxophone player just just stops eating and he and he looks at me and he goes, yeah Greg, yeah. Like I'm digging, I'm digging the music. Like, you know what I mean? And, and actually when I got home, you know, it's like, no matter what happens from this record, when I got home, there was an email from Donnie saying, I really enjoyed the session. I'm glad we did this music, you know? And same thing with, 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 um, when Clarence, uh, when we were doing the mixing session, he was like, wow, you sound really mature. I'm I'm really glad we did this. I'm, I'm proud of you. You should be proud of this record. You know, like, and 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 he's he was the he Clarence the producer. I mean, granted, he's producing the record, but he's like, this sounds as good as anything out there. I think I feel we should we should pitch this to a record company. You know, well, and so, and just to clarify for the audience, his perspective on this is not just a guy that came in to produce. I mean, he's been on what five hundred albums? Yeah, probably more, maybe a thousand albums at this point. I mean. I, He's he's played with everybody in the jazz world. I mean, he's used to play drums for Maria Schneider's band, mm-hmm. who's like out, you know, Grammy award winning artists, you know. Um uh she's a prolific writer. Actually, it was funny because uh that was one of, that was another thing that they were like, you know, uh uh like teasing you. Mm-hmm. Um there was a moment where uh Clarence was like, Yeah, Greg's doing some cool writing, huh? And I said, I said, uh, well, you know, I'm not Maria Schneider or anything. You know, he said, I said, you're a good writer, not a great writer. Keeping you like, you know, kind of keeping you even keel, you know, but it was, but it was, it was all like, you know, like, uh, like you know, a little fun jab. Sure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't, if you didn't, I mean, the other thing too, is that like, I initially, I initially had doubts and Clarence went to school down in Richmond and, Charlie the Chocolate Factory was there, mm-hmm. uh, like right after I decided, you know, I'm going to do this record, and they all knew Clarence. Mm-hmm. So, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this record. I'm not really sure. I mean, you know, they have all the all the existential anxiety stuff, right? And sure. they were just like, you know what? If Clarence didn't believe in you, he would not put his name on this thing. You know, that's and true. I was like, and I was like, yeah, it's his reputation on this, so 
this is pretty cool. Okay. So let's do it. Well, I think too, just the fact that he thought it was, it was worth not just like, Hey, that was a great session. I had a lot of fun, you know, nice to meet you. But for him to say, this is really something that we need to pitch to a record company because it's that good. I mean, could he have given you a bigger compliment than that right there? Not that I know of, unless it was like, hey, here's a kid. (laughs) Right. You know, I'm going to dump that Maria chick and it's just you and me all the way, buddy. (laughs) I just like, you know, I'm just I'm just teasing. But it was also during COVID. But but no, I just like, you know. My my goal with the record is that it, it does that hopefully it opens some doors and, and people will listen to it and sure. you know, it may not be like tomorrow, but you know, eventually down the road, people, man, I heard your record, I really dug it. And mm-hmm. that's that's all you can ask for is is you put something out in the world and, and hopefully some people dig it. You know, a lot of you know, there's always gonna be you know, people that aren't gonna like it, and that's fine. Not everyone you know, the record's not for everybody. Sure. I, I Totally get that. Even within the jazz world, the fact that there's like a jazz, a classical fugue on there, there's going to be people that are like, "What is this? This isn't, this isn't, you know, this is classical. This isn't jazz." Because some people just want to pigeonhole you no matter what you do. Sure. But for me, I'm looking at it as like, and actually, actually, what was cool is that Clarence and I had a pre-production meeting, and we did the other one, the fugue for thought, the other fugue that's in five, mm-hmm. and you know. You know, I, I'm looking like this. I'm looking at like, I'm starting to get like nervous. Like, well, I'm writing, I wrote two fugues for this jazz record. Is this going to be cool? Like, are people going to receive this or people? And and what Clarence's response was, he goes, you know what? This is, this is honest. This is honest. I mean, what's wrong with that? 